broadcasting live from the Zimmer Communications World Headquarters. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Get ready, pal. This is Stephanie Bell. I am joined by guest host Mike Murphy of Como Buzz this morning. Good morning. And of course, we've got producer Hannah. Hello. And John Marsh. Good morning. And we are glad to welcome back into the show uh, the Scott Fawn with the Missouri Times. It's been a couple weeks, Scott. Yes, ma'am. That's, a couple busy weeks in Missouri politics. <laughs> that's our fault, not yours. But we're glad you are back with us. Now, we were talking some shade on St. Louis earlier because they can't get it together and they want you to take a Polar Express ride by a bunch of trash um, and pay good Wasn't money that for incredible? it. incredible? <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, the next day, Andy Banker from Fox, the Fox affiliate there was out doing just a, a remote about some non-controversial issue. And some dude pulls up and starts shooting him with a pellet gun. Really? I mean, it, it really is. I mean, Beirut, St. Louis, take your pick. I'm not sure which is the most dangerous. Well, what else is going on there that has your, you cause, has given you cause for concern? Well, I tell you, it was a story that you and Brian were talking about, I guess about a month ago, about some folks from St. Louis came over to here and thought this was St. Louis and you could just shoplift and no problem. And the Jeff City Police threw out the uh, popular tires things on the road. And, law, and, I, and just maybe want to follow up on that. I was thinking about Black Friday and Law and Order Log Thompson, here the Cole County prosecutor, has laid the law down on those folks. And they put out a press release that was pretty very direct that this isn't St. Louis, we don't tolerate that here. And he's followed up. I've been kind of impressed. Did you see that story? After after the initial press release, it kind of died down. But he's been on top of that. I, it's been impressive to me to see, and I think that's probably the right signal to send. If you're going to do that silliness, Cole County is not the place to do it. Take it somewhere else. And really, our decisions about law enforcement, whether we charge people, whether we you know continue down that path and prosecute people, I mean, that is a message to, fo- to folks. And I think they do pay attention, and there is talk. And these cities that are just letting people in to steal hundreds of dollars worth of merchandise uh we just see those places closing up shop and that's not what we want here in mid-missouri i know we celebrated small business saturday uh this last saturday and i I think there are a ton of folks out shopping um and that's really what we are i think trying to preserve oh that's such a great part about downtown jefferson city is all the stores and and i and you're right part of that is those stores operate on margins they can't have a bunch of shoplifting and kudos to Locke and the, and the police for making that clear. But also, I loved your talk about the pardons. Mike Parson does not get enough credit for this. Honestly, Donald Trump doesn't get enough credit for this. He started, it, before it was uh, a little bit taboo for a Republican governor to issue pardons. Jay Nixon, part of his law and order message as far as governor, was he, he, he didn't issue a lot of pardons. Eric Ryden didn't spend a lot of minutes on the job as governor anyway, so this is just another thing that didn't get done. <laughs> but Mike Parson has really come in, and, and what, what a testament to Trump, what a testament to Governor Parson for taking these, seri- these, these applications seriously, going through, vetting them, and, and having the confidence, and just a, it takes a man to issue a pardon. And he's just, I mean, the old sheriff's confident, confident of himself, Anybody who thinks he's not law and order is just is just being ridiculous. But going through and issuing these pardons thoughtfully, a lot of times there's crimes that, that don't really fit the the system is made to for everybody. There's a lot of times there's situations that this really don't fit that it's not fair. It's not justice is also giving mercy, and I, I think there's a there's a real real great story that I'm glad the AP told about the pardons and the thoughtfulness that he's doing. Hopefully whoever replaces him will use the same thoughtfulness in that pardon process. And again, 
you can say what you will about Trump. There were some very good things he did, and part of it was this. This is something that started at the national level of Trump taking a look at some of these cases and freeing people or, or commuting sentences or, or wiping away records of folks who probably deserved it. Good for them. Scott, we appreciate you joining us live uh, in in uh, bringing up some very interesting points as well. I want to. I know a lot of people. People are interested in the uh, the politics and stuff, and I'm obviously we're covering that. But there's a there's an event this Friday that goes beyond politics. And for people who haven't been there uh, in Jefferson City, they have no idea how big this thing is. It's called the Downtown Living Windows. It'll be uh, Friday in oh, yeah. Je- in Jefferson City. Thousands of people, Scott. That's not only big for the uh, the governor's mansion. The governor will be there. It's big for the shops as well. What can you tell us about that event? Well, I go every year. It is on my calendar immediately. The downtown folks do such a great job. Uh, it, so basically, everybody's got a setting in their window, right? Mm-hmm. And you can walk by, get you some hot chocolate at multiple different spots, shop in the stores, and you walk by and see a, a, a basically a scene from a, a Christmas scene in every window. And I'll just tell you this, Brian, for, this, for the first year, if you're downtown and you go high in Madison – Hang that left like you're going down to the governor's mansion at 225 Madison. You will see in the window not only the leg lamp, but an entire <laughs> reenactment of the Christmas story with myself and Gussie. It's going to be outstanding, oh, and I can't wait. That is awesome. That That's is great. So- You'll put your eye out, Scott. You know, and it's just such good memories, Scott. I remember I actually, my mom owned a business uh, growing up downtown, and I, one of my favorite times, we always uh, did a reenactment in her window, and I remember they played the song, I Saw Mommy Kissing Santa Claus, and my dad, oh. and, and I wore like little Christmas pajamas, and we did this whole thing, but uh, you know, it's something I like to take my family to every year, and of course, then the Christmas parade is followed up uh, on Saturday, so Huge. very, uh, very exciting times. All right, so Scott, we are preparing for a legislative session uh, here rather quickly and talking to some of my friends who are uh, staffers. um, You know, pre-filing comes up the beginning of December, but really, because of the holiday, they already know what they're pre-filing. They're already, they've had their caucuses, they're geared up, they're ready to go uh, for session um, already. So what can we expect? Uh, Are we going to see fireworks right out of the gate? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I I heard Bill Igel, senator from St. Charles, give a speech he wants to eliminate personal property taxes. And, and that's a fine goal, and that's, a, that's something a lot of states discuss. His desire is to not replace them with anything. So he, I guess he, I, I kind of respect him for, for actually doing the Republican three-step of waste, fraud, and abuse. You know Republicans lying or just, or just giving you a load of bull when they say waste, fraud, and abuse. It's there. Sometimes you find it. Most of the time, it's just an excuse for not having a real plan. Bill Igel's plan is, no, we're going to cut a bunch of stuff. So, you know, your drainage districts, your ambulance districts, your special policing districts, your schools, he's going to cut them. And I and I respect the guy that'll just say, no, we're this is my plan is we're going to we're going to give you no money. We're going to cut your money. He actually <laughs> telling you exactly what he's going to do instead of giving you, you know, some nice sugary thoughts. Now, he told he said in a group he's not going to wait until April this time. He wants his bill heard in January, February. Now, the way the Senate works, getting it through a committee is going to be tough. A lot of times his bill doesn't make it out of committee. Uh, but if he's going to hold the floor and demand the, a vote on that early in session, that'll come up everything. Mm. I think there'll be a few th- good things that do happen. IP reform will be a debate. Everybody's for IP reform. 
until they have to decide what kind of IP reform they, they, they want. So that'll probably be a big fight. And you're going to have to get the realtors. I mean, look, the realtors have such a, a sway and they're so respected. I, I don't, I mean, you know, you don't tug on Superman's cape, you don't spit in the wind, and you don't mess with Sam Licklider, uh, the realtor's man in the Capitol. Uh, I don't think that'll go anywhere again because it's so hard to decide what you're going to change it to. Uh, and But I think I see a bunch of small good government. They think Dean Plocker is going to make it a point to try to get some things done, to have to have a productive last year of his speakership. Um, I think that's going to be kind of his focus, is, making, is showing some results. You'll probably see the House will pass a bunch of tax cuts. This will be a shock. The House will pass a bunch of guns and abortion bills. None of that will go anywhere. There's a thing called the Rural Jobs Initiative that I think could go very far this year. be a great thing for rural Missouri. And, again, it's so funny. Our uh, our suburban friends always want us to vote for all of their stuff, all of their ideas that usually don't add up, that are usually just attention-getting things. But then when they go going to help rural Missouri, oh, no, can't do that. I think you could see another situation of the rural folks being like, vote for us, vote for us, vote for us, and then ghosting rural Missouri. It's just how much of that are rural guys going to take? I mean, how many times are rural Republicans get slapped around by suburban Republicans? I guess Scott, roughly 7,523. Scott, when we had the governor on with us the other morning, we asked him the same thing about the the three tax cuts and all. He didn't sound optimistic about anything coming out of the state house this year. Well, well, look, you know, John, you know, you're you've watched a lot of these come and go. The fact is, you know, what are you going to offset that expense with? People people say run it like a business. Well, right now you had a one time you won the lottery. This is you ever seen those documentaries how people win the lottery then they're bankrupt five years later. Well, that is what the state of Missouri has done. COVID, the, the federal government just poured money on them. And they won essentially the government lottery. And now they've cut taxes and they're going to be bankrupt five years later. And that's what, I mean, exactly, you find your, um, you find your uh, waitress that hits the lottery and all of a sudden she's got her new bins. She's got her big house, all financed, dripping with diamond rings. That's essentially the Republican majority. They they won the lottery, and they bought every bad thing you could buy, cut their revenues, and now five years later they're going to be bankrupt. They're going to be like, oh, my God, this is the, whose fault was this? Well, it was the fault of poor planning because they're not cutting spending to make up for these tax cuts they've done. To me, tax cuts are a great thing. I'd rather pay less taxes, but let's be honest. How many people noticed the 0.01% of their state taxes that were taken out of their check. I'm going to venture no one. But the bill will come due, and when it comes due, it's going to be a tight time at the state capitol, and some real people are going to suffer. And what's the timeline on that, Scott? When do you think that's going to come to a head? Uh, the governor and Lincoln, Lincoln holding some, Lincoln Huff, the senator of Springfield that does the appropriations, um, he held some money back. The governor vetoed some money. I think they have one more year of of good times. Then you're going to see kind of a rocky-ish start uh, as the tax cuts cut in and the, and the, the lottery winnings are, are being spent. Um, so I guess go over to your friend's house that won the lottery in year five because after year five it gets pretty dark. There will be no more shrimp cocktail. It will be uh, Cheez-Its and, uh, Cheez -Its and uh, your spray foam cheese. Well, uh, And that's kind of where they're heading. So hey, I'd say one more year than it happens. That sounds pretty good, actually. <laughs> I have to I like know, these. do you see the big political news over the weekend? I am looking at a picture of the Parsons right in front of the restrooms at Bucky's celebrating Bucky's coming to Missouri. Now, Scott, you would strike me as someone who loves a good Bucky's. Have you been? <laughs> I, I have not been to that specific one. I have been. To, I, I am a 
a gas station food connoisseur. Uh, <laughs> I'm a huge fan of Champ's Chicken. Uh, I, 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 but I, I definitely eat at gas stations. That one may be a little rich for my blood, but uh, but I am a gas station food connoisseur, uh, and I and I do love I love a, a good reason to stop and eat on the side of the road. I do as well, and I actually went out of my way on a vacation trip once just so I could say that I'd been to Bucky's. They actually had like the the mascot in there. We took photos, and you're right, it's got tons of food choices. So I know I'm excited for this coming to Missouri. Hannah, have just you been? Cu- I haven't, but I'm just curious, Stephanie. Uh, what makes someone look like they might enjoy going to Bucky's? <laughs> Scott always talks about himself being a hillbilly, and Bucky's was kind of like a hillbilly gas station if there ever was one. Okay, right? Well, I absolutely am a hillbilly, and I do love me... Sometimes I don't go to some of the, the, the chain big, big dogs. I'm more of your Champ's Chicken, Chester Fried Chicken... Uh, you give me a good bologna sandwich and I'm in, uh, I, I, but I am absolutely, I look a big part of my day and big, put a big hillbilly smile on my hillbilly (laughs) face is to go eat me some gas station lunch. I'm all in. All right. Well, that is going to be all we have time for this morning with you, Scott. We'll be sure and catch up with you next week. Uh, thanks for joining us this morning. And Friday at Living Windows, a Christmas story, 225 Madison. It's, we're so excited. The whole house is like totally into this. All right. We'll be there. Thanks, Scott. All right. Coming up next, we've got What's Hot with Hannah. Hannah. Things you probably shouldn't do at Disney World. <laughs> All right. That's up next on Wake Up Mid-Missouri. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Miss some of the show? Check out our podcast at 939theeagle.com. It is 725-ish, which means it is... 726. So close. I'm blaming that on Scott Bond. But it's time (laughs) for What's Hot with Hannah. Stephanie, have you ever encountered a streaker in the wild? You know? Oh, I I, yeah, I have. What? Yeah. Okay, where? Quick, like real quick. I gotta Uh, know. So it's a tradition at the end of rugby games when you score your first point that you run around the field. And so that's, I have seen that. John, Mike, nope. Y'all ever encountered a streaker in the wild? Boy, not lately. <laughs> <laughs> well, folks that visited Disneyland in California over the busy Thanksgiving weekend, uh, some of them were able to answer my question as well. Uh, there was a guy arrested over the weekend for streaking in Disneyland of all places there are kids man i know he was riding the it's a small world ride which (laughs) of all the rides that you're gonna streak on you choose the one with the word small in the (laughs) name anyway he got off the ride while it was moving and just decided to kind of interact with all the little animatronic figurine things (laughs) Uh, several video clips have gone viral over the weekend. The videos that I've seen, he was still in his underwear. I don't know if that makes it a whole lot better, 
but maybe Less dangerous. I mean, yeah. <laughs> um, there have been reports that when the Anaheim Police Department escorted him out of the park, he was, however, fully nude. Wow. So, you know, differ. We're getting a contradicting reports of what happened, but of all the places to streak, man, Disneyland. Yeah. Really? That's rough. I I recently rode that um down in Orlando, I guess. Um and I just can't believe they haven't canceled that ride yet. Um you know, they've Disney's gone so woke and they I know they've canceled some of their other rides that like as you're going through the various countries, I'm like there's so much stereotyping <laughs> as a I, I was just shocked. I was like I can't believe this one survived. Maybe it's because it's one of the oldest rides I think there in Orlando. Um, and but, show of hands from the Wake Up family right now, who has the uh, annoying song stuck in their head currently as we're talking about it? There you go. It's a small world. After it's all. such a cool ride, though, and you think it was so like it, it, <laughs> until a dude runs through in his boxer briefs. That would make it less cool. And yeah, that's one where you like really take the little kid, the little little kids. So hopefully they they get this guy. And if you have any morbid curiosity, I've posted a link. Oh, on the no. wake up, on the wake up in Missouri Facebook page, a censored link. I hope. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Good. Still disturbing. All right. That is what's hot with you. Proceed with caution this morning. <laughs> All right. Coming up next, the Columbia City Council is getting ready to pick an interim council person. We're going to tell tonight. you tonight who we think they might be picking. We will also. The Wall Street Journal is telling us how to avoid being boring at 60. But I think there are some good lessons in there about, for all ages, how to avoid being boring. Isn't that something we should all strive for? That's up next on Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Listen to Wake Up Mid-Missouri from anywhere in the world by downloading our app for free. All right, we are expecting some news out of the Columbia City Council this evening. They will meet and decide who to basically appoint in this interim position. Um, that person may or may not then run for city council. Um, I am Stephanie Bell. I'm joined by Como Buzz's Mike Murphy, who keeps a close eye on the city council. Andrea Weiner resigned because she's moving out of the second ward. Her final day, I believe, is Wednesday. Her resignation will be uh, effective. So she gets to vote tonight. Correct. Huh. And uh, she announced at the last council meeting that she, of the eight people who have applied to be appointed to fulfill her term, which ends at the municipal elections in April, that she was going to be voting for Rachel Prophet, one of the eight candidates. Rachel Prophet is also a, uh, she was a member of Nick Knoth, Councilman Nick Knoth's campaign committee so i assume she probably has two votes the winner will need four so i guess that gives her a leg up yeah and eight's kind of a lot i mean we don't see that many people when these races come up sign up to run for them yeah it is interesting and and some have said they will run and some have said they will not uh it's hard to guess what council will do that's two votes but by by no means does that mean so they'll have a this round robin where they nominate somebody nominates whoever goes first nominates somebody and then as soon as somebody gets four nominations, then 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 they're the winner. They'll be the appointee, and they're going to get sworn in 
on uh, December fourth. Uh, that would be the next regular meeting. So, based on um, based on previous support, you think that this Rachel Prophet might have a leg up. But then also uh, Cornelia Williams. It's being reported that she uh, listed Roy Lovelady, another councilman, on her application as would, someone she knows. Yeah, I would pick her as a strong dark horse. It would not surprise me. Uh, a bit if she, if she got four votes. I'm not sure. Susan Renee Carter is an excellent candidate could speak simply because of the amount of time she spends in. She's a uh, she's affiliated with Race Matters Friends, but she attends certainly every council meeting, but not just council meetings, commission meetings, and other meetings. So she's she's very active and involved. I would think she'd be a very strong candidate. I'm not sure what kind of support she's going to get from council. So we'll see tonight. Yeah, and we'll have an update on tomorrow morning's you're, show, which you're right. you are hosting. Yeah, that is true. Yeah, the I, I think it's an interesting thing, and it's uh, Mike made it clear but i i think we we should reiterate it's to fill the final four months of the term and you're both absolutely correct to have eight people apply for that is is incredible um and they also appoint a mayor pro tem tonight as well yep. because andrea had been serving as the mayor pro tem after uh Roy Lovely defeated, defeated Carl Scala, so uh, she was Mayor Pro Tem for about a little over a year, August 2022 to now. But yeah, should be a fa- well. I shouldn't say it should be a short meeting. Who knows? But there's <laughs> I think it two, will be. There's I, only two items on the agenda. I thought they might interview them, but it doesn't look like it. Nope. And, and, but I'm still not positive that they won't. But it doesn't really look like that from the agenda. Uh, but they, you would think that maybe they were going to, but they did not call a meeting to do that. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, I'm uh, like most things, Columbia City Council will be curious. Uh, <laughs> curious absolutely. is a good way yeah. to describe it. And maybe they weren't expecting eight candidates. That's a lot of interviewing. I guess also on the Columbia front, big news over the weekend. Brian, you kind of had a tweet almost go viral. Yeah. Very important stuff. The Golden Corral. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, here's the interesting thing about that is uh, the, 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 gold, the Golden Brian, Corral. Brian, you got to laugh a oh, little, man. The, the, minute you, the minute you wrote a very serious tweet about Golden Corral, I was talking to Hannah yeah. about it. I was like, oh. The Golden Corral. Absolutely. Now, you know, it's one of those things in all seriousness that we get is, I, honestly, we get more questions about the Golden Corral in Colombia <laughs> than we do about guns, abortion, almost anything else. People want to know what's when it's going to open up. And it's been very difficult to get information from corporate or from anybody over there. You can't call. You can't go in. So I follow their Facebook page a lot. And on Facebook, and people can look it up right now. You can see, see exactly what I'm talking about on their Facebook page on Thanksgiving. Giving morning, Columbia Golden Corral invited people to come in and dine. Their words for an unforgettable holiday feast. Unforgettable holiday feast. Well, I went out there, took a picture. You can't get in. It's closed. And uh, they there's a chain link fence around it. And they put a new sign up. But uh, no indication of when it's going to get open. But I had a ton of reaction. I think 11,000 views or something. And uh, a lot of people still asking questions about it. One person asked me, by the way, that didn't think it was a big deal. It said, nobody cares about the Golden Corral. Why was the mayor in communist China? And I thought to myself, and, and they linked to your article, Mike. And That's good. I wanted, I did, I was respectful. I wanted to say, I asked the mayor about Mike's article on this very show. Obviously, the man didn't listen, uh, because I did ask him, and the mayor said she didn't read your article. But I mean, and furthermore, well, and how many times did we have her on this station to talk well, about that trip? She, well, it's, she's it, known for her truth telling. Yeah. Complete disclosure. But the, uh, but the thing is, I'm not sure what even in its news, and we've asked her about it, but I'm not sure what that has to do with the Golden Corral. But absolutely is, nothing. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. But the uh, the bottom line is this, folks. 
Golden Corral is not open right now, uh, despite what their Facebook and, it, you and should, their social media is being managed by someone who's not local. Well, they're, apparently, they're clearly but. not. They've got a guy. You have to look people at their Halloween posts. Their Halloween on, on Golden Corral. There's a guy wearing. It looks like he's wearing a horse, a horse hat, and he's drinking a soda. And they're saying something about come in and oh my God, the people are so upset because they're saying it's not open. You would think someone would look at their their page though, but it, clearly it's not. Very poorly. Run. This Somebody's doing run. social media for the whole company, is what it I would guess. Sounds like it. Well, and Hannah, you said you're still seeing a lot of questions about Red Lobster in Jefferson City. <laughs> Man, the JCMO Good, Bad, and Ugly Facebook page is very entertaining. And yeah, John, I see lots of posts asking when the Red Lobster is going to reopen, which of course it had some fire damages a couple months ago, right? Had a couple of places in Jefferson City go that route. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but folks are very concerned about when Red Lobster will be reopening as well in Jefferson City. Just the hard news here on Wake Up <laughs> Midmo. I'm amazed nobody took Brian to task for not propping up Cracker Barrel when he did the post on, on Golden Corral. Well, he was just across the street, so. Exactly. And Cracker Barrel was, 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 was just packed with people. So was Bob Evans. But, you know, I will tell you, um, by the way, Red Lobster still closed. I, I went out there the other day. I think it was Saturday when I was doing football, and it's still closed. But the uh, the Golden Corral at one time, people will remember this. Jefferson City was the same because they used to have one in Jeff City on Missouri Boulevard. It's been closed for a number of years. It became a Ruby Tuesday, and now it's a Papo's. Same, basically, same location. But the one in Jeff City a little bit, but the one in Columbia Moore. It was packed years and years ago for Thanksgiving. You couldn't get in the place, so people are interested in that. But um, the place I always went to as a kid was a very was, busy place. It was the Ponderosa. Do they even have those anymore? It was like a but. It was kind of like it was just an all-you-can-eat buffet. I the, remember the last Ponderosa. By the way, that was where <laughs> Speaker Bob Griffin loved to eat when he was Speaker. He he he, he loved to be down there eating a steak. I thought uh, you said he liked the Taco. He Bell. He liked the Taco Bell. He liked a couple places, but he liked the Taco <laughs> Bell. But I'd, I'd find him at Ponderosa. Most, most of of them were taverns but <laughs> he liked the ponderosa though but the the last ponderosa to the best of my knowledge closed in a little town called washington missouri during the 2020 campaign and it closed and uh <laughs> I re- what i remember about that is nicole galloway was was blaming the she was state auditor running for the governor at the time and was blaming it on parsons economy you know economic plan or whatever and you know whether it was or not it, it was the last one to close but i think it was the last one they were all over the place ponderosa was a and there were, used to be a place called bonanza too mm-hmm. i don't know if you remember mm-hmm. Bonanza? Similar, uh, very similar, and uh, based a lot of them were based on the um, on the television show Bonanza. <laughs> they had really, really good baked potatoes. Brad is texting us saying, "My wife's birthday is this weekend. We need a fancy dinner. I need my Red Lobster." <laughs> uh, and John says, "Oh, the Ponderosa, great buffet." So. Uh, it's fun to reminisce about all of those old places. Um, I was looking at this article in the Wall Street Journal, and it said, uh, it was written by a guy named Rob, and he said, I got to be age 60, and I kind of got in my routine, and suddenly, when I was talking to my friends, I realized I'm boring. I'm Mm. laughing because I feel like this whole segment is just going to be a direct attack on me, because I might only be 23, 
but I am an old lady at heart and I know for a fact I'm boring. Well, Rob (laughs) is giving you some ways to become unboring. And I really liked, he was very methodical in his approach. And so he said, okay, I need to get unboring. I'm turning 60. So, and a lot of people do this. I'm going to do 60 new things. And, you know, you hear about this bucket list, right? Bucket list items. But he said he had rules for what could go on the list. And I liked the fact that he was kind of saying, okay, here's, here are the parameters. And so he said, no midlife crisis type things, no jumping out of planes, driving Ferraris, none of that. Nothing that I could injure myself doing that would prevent me from doing everything else on the list, which I also appreciate because we have to worry about that as we get into our older years. He also said nothing too simple, like, you know, eat this thing I've never eaten before. Like, that's silly. You know, we can do that any day. But he said also anything too complex. Um, and his example was raise a pig, fall in love with it, then force myself to kill it and make a new kind of pork dumpling. <laughs> anything too complex? No. Uh, and then he said anything that just requires paying a lot of money to achieve, like going on a big vacation or whatever. And I think about that, too. Like, are, you know, people who just talk about, go, you know, you hear about me traveling, but, you know, people who just talk about traveling, it's like, well, anybody can travel if they have enough money. Like, did you do anything interesting while you were there? Right. So he said all of those things were off the list, but I'm going to come up with 60 items. And he said his friends really got into it and were constantly asking him, like, OK, what's on your list? And some of these things are really cool. He did attend a mega church. He had never been before and was like, what is up with all all these people going to a mega church. I'm going to enrich my life by going. And he he learned some new things. He took a sound bath. He actually traveled somewhere oh. um, to listen to quartz crystal singing <laughs> bowls. Um, I think that's like a spa thing. Do you have any interest in that? No, I don't. No. The, 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 sound mega, bath? the mega church. Uh, they're, no. They're, 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 they were bigger at one time. I don't hear much, much about them now. This I'm adding to my list. They let him make an announcement on an airplane he just asked and said hey like can i go next and they handed him the thing and let him do a cold read and he said ladies and gentlemen we've begun our descent into la i think that's i want to do that your seat cushion will function as a life-saving device i think that's really cool he learned how to sew i think a lot of people do this in retirement that they learn crocheting or something else he said he made a shirt that he actually wore to work he said his boss said, I can see you worked very hard on that. <laughs> so <laughs> what maybe does that mean? Maybe sewing. That means A for effort. Uh, maybe his shirt was not that cute, but he did learn something new. He said he went to an art auction and actually placed a bid. He got super sweaty thinking he might win the bid and actually have to pay for the piece of art. He said it was super fun. He also went on a police ride along, which I know several folks here in Midmo have done and as um, and um, is, is on my, one of my lists of things yeah, to do. Yeah, I have done that. Um, you have? Oh, I've done uh, several times actually through throughout my life and also recently yeah it is something to uh it will, some people it, have done it without their permission <laughs> that's that true <laughs> but it will open your eyes and uh, change the way you look at how police officers do their job that's for sure he said the night before the officer called him and said you need to wear a t-shirt because we're going to put a uh a, a, what do you call yeah. that a jacket on yeah. you and he said that part i did not tell my wife yeah. about um and he said he learned he's a hider not a fighter that when <laughs> something went down he like yeah. sunk down in the seat i think uh more if more people did that we'd have a so lot too. more respect especially yeah. here in columbia and i know the police they offer that pretty yeah. freely mm-hmm. um if you want to experience yeah, that I, I know a guy who just did it actually a friend of mine uh he's just a He's a regular guy. He hangs around. He, he keeps up with what's going on with government. He's a uh, uh, he's uh, he's actually in his late sixties, and uh, he, he just did it because he hadn't done it, and he wanted to do it. And they took him out, and he'll. It, it's kind of funny relating back to the story. Yeah, he loves to talk about it. 
Awesome. Well, I think if you're looking for a way to become unboring, making a list like this with specific rules, I think this is great. I think more people should take Rob's advice. Hannah, are you going to make your own list? Yeah, I, think any, uh, I, think any, I think any age. I don't get the 60 part of 40 that. 40 for 40. That's going to be me. I'm going to come up with 40 things. All right. Coming up next, John, it will be that will be all except for this. What do you got for us? Apologies to boy George, but I'll tumble for you. All right, that's up next on Wake Up Mid-Missouri. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Freedom of speech, practiced here daily and perfected on the podcast. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri. And that would be all, except for this. Well, if you don't understand the hype of the Stanley Tumbler before, prepare to get a dose of it. You know, the Stanley Tumblers, known for their durability. Now there's a TikTok video that went viral. said, thirsty after you catch on fire. No problem. I got you. The user's video showed the inside of her car that caught fire the day before, and everything was visibly destroyed except for her Stanley Tumbler. She said, everybody's so concerned about if a Stanley spills, but what if it melts? Says, fire yesterday. She picks it up and shakes it. And still, you can hear the ice in it. And somebody had enough sense to say, pretty good marketing for Stanley. To where the president of Stanley responded in a titch to TikTok saying, well, they're going to send her some new Stanley tumblers. And they're also going to replace her car and get her a new one. They said they'll probably never do this again. <laughs> said glad she was okay and shows that Stanley's built for life. They said also said that anybody who maybe had an, a Yeti tumbler probably afford to buy their own replacement car. And now you know the rest <laughs> of that story. Is that a Stanley sitting on your desk, Hannah? Um, it's not. It's you, a, it's a different like stainless steel cup. Do you have a Stanley? I don't. Oh my goodness! I know. It's like a Gen Z thing, though, right? It is, and my husband is always telling me that I have way too many, like, cups and water bottles. So that is the only thing that has kept me from purchasing one, but, you know. And the fact that there, aren't they, like, $50? Yeah, like 40 45 I've got an Arctic that wasn't any great bargain. <laughs> I wonder if it would survive the fire. Yeah, I liked how the Stanley guy had to clarify it. We're not going to do this again, so, like, don't go setting your bat. Like, because I'm like, my car's only worth $2,000. I could just put a Stanley in it and start it on fire. But, you know, fellas, new one. Christmas is coming up. So A Stanley makes a good gift. It does. It if does. you have a really big stocking, it'd be a stocking stuffer. There you go. What color do you want, Hannah? Brandon, Ooh. are you listening? Uh, Like lavender <laughs> or maybe baby blue. Those would be nice. I think that would be awesome. But what a good way. I mean, and you think about it, like Stanley's a company that's been around for a really long time. And I've recently uh, read a couple of longer form pieces on that. It was just like a camping brand. And then what? Like, Lots of tools. Oh, yeah. I've seen a couple TikToks of husbands who thought they were, you know, being on trend for their ladies and buying a Stanley Cup. And really, it was just the old school, really big Stanley, like green thermos. That, you know, you unscrew the lid and it turns into a little cup. You know what I'm talking about? Sure. And so these dudes have been so proud of themselves and ready to give their wives this trendy gift. And it's not exactly what the wives meant. You know, for all of the hate that social media gets and marketing type things get, 
Stanley has seen a 275% year-over-year increase. These cups existed before 2020 and before TikTok, right? But it's just, it's blown up, and it's blown up their business. And I think you get one viral video, one good product, and you can really make things happen for yourself. I don't know. It's it's incredible to me. Did you ever think water cups would be viral, Mike? (laughs) He's like, I can't even. As he's sighing. Sort of like bottled water, huh? It's true, though. You catch lightning in a bottle is... Uh, real, real possible with, in today's viral age, the right product, you can make it with one right product. You can make millions of dollars off canned water like liquid death. It just, it seems, I, I, I don't get it, but I, I am envious for sure of all of their success. Okay, coming up at um, after the break, we are going to have Adam Deerhoff with Missouri Conservation. We're going to be talking to him about all things deer hunting. All right.